This is the podcast at Clark's Room. It's my thoughts on education, technology, leadership, and life. If you like what you're hearing, please take a minute to like, subscribe, and share. You can find the podcast on iTunes, Spotify, and Google Play. All right, welcome back to Clark's Room. I am super excited today, actually tonight, to be able to connect with uh, two former co-workers, um, Mr. Robert Grooms and Mr. DJ Latcham. Hey guys, tell me uh, where you work and what do you do real quick? DJ, you first. Uh, well, I am the vice principal at Foothill Ranch Middle School. I took over Joe's position at the middle school that he was at before Upgrade. his current position. And, oh, absolute upgrade. Uh, he was nice enough to leave me his refrigerator. So that's about all that he ever left me. Yeah, well, oh, and a microwave. And a, and, cere- and a ceremonial switching of the labels on the radio. Yes, which fell off uh, about October of the first year. Mm-hmm. So um, uh, that was all that was left of you. But um, I have tried to continue to carry the torch uh, as well as possible. And uh, I'm Robert Grooms. Uh, I work for a special school district in St. Louis, Missouri, uh, partnered with the Rittner School District, and I'm a resource teacher. Uh, I've been in special education for seven years now. Yeah. And Grooms worked with us at Foothill Ranch for a couple years as a SDC teacher, correct? SDC for two, and then I was a resource teacher for one. Uh, a position uh, for the SDC uh shrunk a little bit so i got to do resource for a year and that was a lot of fun yeah. well, i wasn't there when you did that so it doesn't count in my mind you can blame dj on that yeah one. i totally did <laughs> um so what's interesting is you now live literally like 30 minutes from where i grew up and probably go out to eat at a lot of the restaurants i grew up going to yeah there yeah. Are, I, I, I will tell you this the food in st louis it's primo it's very yeah. good especially if you like fried stuff I mean, they actually a little bit of everything yeah, here. That's yeah. the one thing I was amazed with. I th- I thought, you know, toasted raviolis, uh, you know, that was about it. And then yeah. when I got here, barbecue's good. Uh, pizza's great. Italian food is just amazing here. Sandwiches, mm-hmm. a lot of uh, uh, gourmet restaurants. Everything's new. It's cool. So you may make fun of me, but I, I actually really, really miss Fazoli's. Oh, that's good. Yeah. It's, it's like fast food Italian. Um, it really is. Yeah. Um, well, my uh, my my first time actually here in St. Louis, a buddy of mine has an aunt who uh, owns a, a little Italian restaurant, and he said, go see my aunt. Uh, I'll let her know you're coming. And they just fed me nonstop all this food. And so my, my bar for St. Louis Italian food, just being free and then just shoving it in your mouth is set. But, uh, it's great. Uh, DJ's salivating right now, even though we can't see him. Oh, my God. I, <laughs> I visited Groom's. Uh, over a year ago, uh, before coronavirus, BC, and I absolutely loved everything that I ate there. I went in knowing about uh, St. Louis-style ribs, and that was about it, and I finally think I had three fried ravioli entrees while I was there, and each one was just better than the rest. It, Mm -hmm. It was all so good. Yeah. It, it, St. Louis is a, is a cool place, and uh, there's a lot of work to be done in the education there. I know it's um, I know enough about it to know that it's a uh, it's a tough hill right now. Yeah, and uh, you know, I, I on the special education side, uh, so much of special education is provided by one 
kind of umbrella agency uh, to all of the county schools and the city schools are kind of on their own area um, there are st louis public schools and i mean they just keep announcing it seems like every month or two that they're shutting down another two schools three schools um, it's it's pretty tough yeah it, uh there's some really cool parts of st louis and there's some really really uh, downtrodden areas that need a lot of help for sure um and that was when i lived there 25 years ago right I, i'm sure it's it's gotten better and worse in different ways yeah it's it's such a neighborhood thing here um and, and you know we they can say that about pretty much any place but really here it is street to street um you have just so many neighborhood changes just over the course of a few blocks i mean you cross over to one street you don't know what's going to happen you're in another street and just amazing houses amazing schools mm-hmm. um and just the, the the differences between again street to street it's just unreal i've never seen anything like it yeah so I'll, I'll ask this question, uh, DJ first and then Robert, yeah, you second. What is what is the hardest thing or the biggest challenge for you right now in education? Not talking about the corona, like distance learning is terrible. Like that that is what it is. But right now, um, what's, what's the biggest challenge or hardest thing for you, DJ? I would say the most difficult challenge for me right now is being able to connect with students um and and that is you know definitely perpetuated now because of uh, school distance learning but also just being able to connect with kids on what is interesting them right now mm-hmm. and i feel like there's a real divide between things that um, maybe even four or five years ago used to work to connect with students that um I think as educators, we need to change our paradigm on how we can connect with them, because if we don't have that basis, we're going to lose them. Mm-hmm. And uh, so that's kind of my ever, ever changing challenge is just figuring out ways that I can uh, build those relationships and, uh, you know, reach them and make an impact. Mm-hmm. What about you, Robert? Uh, biggest challenge I've had uh, the past two years, especially um really been with uh quite frankly just the amount of work required uh, on the paperwork side of things um i i most of my job right now is ieps and amendments and making sure things are legal uh tracking minutes tracking data uh and i have to spend i'd say a good 90 percent of my day just working on that the actual planning of lessons coming up with engaging things for students to really get into and connect with them through that because that's I only get them for a few minutes a, a, a day if my uh, sessions are so short that I spend so much time on the, the bureaucratic side of it that I, I just kind of feel like I'm treading water and not really doing that great of a job at the actual teaching part. Yeah. Yeah, I actually, you know, for me, the more I process, because I've asked this question to a lot of people, um, it, it's um, individual people are in it for students. Um, our system... maybe not be as student driven as we think it is. Um, You know, like, you know, I don't know many teachers that are in the classroom who don't love students and do what they feel is best for students. But as systems, I feel like we try to do what's best for the adults and make that fit the students. Um, And that's frustrating because let's not say it's all about the student. If it's really not, let's be honest about it, right? Like, Oh no, we have to build a system that works for the adults and we're going to try to improve it to help students as well. But we don't like to be transparent like that, do we? Um, do you see much difference in special education, California to, to Missouri? 
Yeah, I do. A uh, huge difference. Uh, and I think, honestly, it comes down to, again, organizational things. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, in California, every district's kind of on their own when it comes to special education. You, know, you have some umbrella groups that, you know, help you out with IEPs or data mm -hmm. collection and some services that are provided to county levels. But um, where I'm at now in the organization I work for, it's it's all special education, everything, every service, every teacher, every program is all provided from one group. Mm -hmm. So I've gone from you know, smaller districts, my entire first five years of my career, where just each school was its own thing, to now all of it being just giant. And it's it's I think that's the biggest difference in terms of how it's delivered. Um, in terms of results, I think a lot of the same challenges still pop up. We're all following the Common Core standards. Yeah. Uh, some tweaks here and there to each state by a state by state, but it's the same thing mm -hmm. for the most part. Yeah. Okay, so DJ, next question on the flip side. What's the best thing currently uh, about being an educator for you? Oh, man. Uh, I would say the best thing right now is just seeing the progress of students, um, especially, I, you know, Foothill Ranch is a, is a unique situation. We are an extremely diverse campus. Um, we have students that speak. Last time I checked, it was like 17 different home languages. And our progress of our EL students right now is pretty phenomenal, mm -hmm. not just in um, an academic sense, but as uh, they progress socially and have really evolved themselves into not just being American, but to be, especially our, our uh, uh, we used to call them newcomer, but now they've been in the, they've been in the country for five, six years now. So, mm -hmm. um, you know, I'm really starting to try to change the paradigm of referring to them as newcomers or, or uh, refugee students into just our, our English language learners. Mm -hmm. And they are progressing awesome. I mean, uh, it's, it's really cool to see that personality take hold when they can blend where they came from to being an American now. And it really makes you kind of wonder what American is going to look like in the next couple of years as more and more students come from different parts of the world and blend into what we call American. Yeah. Yeah. That's been ever changing, right? That's, that's the history of, of America. And I think one other thing, they're the funniest students now because oh. they're starting to get humor. Yeah. There's like, they can, they totally get American humor now. So now they can absolutely, you know, kind of show their personality where before they were a little bit more shy, a little bit more reserved. And now they're, they're really coming out of their shell, which is amazing. Yeah. Uh, Robert, what about you? What's the best thing for you right now in education, being an educator? It has to be the technology. Um, I remember, going through my credential program even to eight, nine years ago now, and uh, just going through the program and, and the technology that was already starting to kind of creep in mm -hmm. and um, just being able to, I'm just going to use this tool and it makes my life so much easier um, to now where everyone's competing for your, your time and your your technology. And it's, it's, I mean, there's so much to choose from and there's just so many ways to keep things fresh and engaging to the students too. Um, I think it's, easy at the same time though to overwhelm them mm -hmm. with it but uh if you really focus and get them used to using a specific technology i mean they become masters at it in no time what's your what's your favorite piece of tech out right now and i know that could change weekly but but right now what, what... 
the big one I love, and it's been around uh, for a few years now, uh, is Flipgrid, um, mm -hmm. especially with this virtual learning. I mean, a lot of times I have students who uh, that I work with, sometimes they have speech and language issues. Sometimes they are EL mm -hmm. students on top of being um, ID students who just really struggle just with information in general and having all those things uh, kind of there just having that little communication where they can communicate in a different way. They can share the information and what they know in a different way, not just your basic mark the answer, write an answer. I mean, they can talk. Um, I, it's my favorite. Tab. So so have you seen Screencastify just uh, release their Screencastify submit that is essentially like Flipgrid, but through Screencastify? It's pretty cool. I haven't seen that. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Because it's a little more user-friendly on the teacher side because Flipgrid, you know, if you're getting 30 submissions, it's kind of squirrely. It's messy. Yeah. It's messy. Um, <laughs> so, but Flipgrid does some stuff with the QR codes that, that Screencastify doesn't. Um, so this next question, I'll go first um, because I, I've actually never shared this one, but I like asking this question. That is safe to share. What's the most embarrassing thing that's happened to you in a classroom or on campus? So, so, so I don't know if this one's the most embarrassing, but I know it's safe to share. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but this one, I moved out in 2002, February of 2000, January of 2002. By February, I was substitute teaching at Vallejo middle school in Vallejo, California. So I was 22 and it was seventh and eighth grade math. I shouldn't have been teaching it. They went through like 15 teachers, right? It was literally when oh, you can teach like that was the requirement to be a teacher is <laughs> you, you have a pulse, right? So it's lunchtime and there's another younger teacher there and we were playing basketball against these eighth graders and I was feeling froggy. And at that time I was a better shape than I am now. Uh, let's just say, let's just say that. And I went to dunk on one of them, which I could do. And I hit the rim and didn't get over the rim and landed flat on my back. Um, as you can imagine, there were a lot of screaming going on and, and I didn't live that one down really. Thankfully at 2002, students didn't have cell phones that had cameras. Cause I would have been all over <laughs> TikTok and Instagram and uh, what, yeah, Vine or, you know, whatever. So that was pretty embarrassing. Luckily about a week later, I got a, a, a long-term job at another school and I didn't have to worry about it. What about you, Robert? Do you got yours? Uh, I'm still thinking. Uh, Here, I'll, I'll go. I'll go, good. and you can think a little bit yeah. more. Good. So, um, let's see. I I would say the one the most. I have a lot that I probably shouldn't share, but the one that I feel comfortable sharing is uh, <laughs> we we had two students that you know uh, seventh grade boys that were having a disagreement and it had been kind of brewing for a couple days and. As seventh grade students are, tend to do, they they don't know how to communicate that very well. So um, we knew there was going to be a fight that was going to happen, and so uh, me not wanting to see any students get um, hurt, I, I knew I had to I had to step in and make sure that no one no one was uh, getting physical. So I go in to to um, separate the two of them, and as I'm doing it, one of them is a former student. And he sees that I'm losing my balance trying to separate these two pretty big kids. And he, not wanting to see me get hurt as well, grabs onto me so that I don't fall back. As he does that, 
The other kid also grabs onto me, which then causes me to do the semi-splits and rip my pants completely down the middle of the seam. So now I'm mad at the two students because they shouldn't be fighting. But I am more mad at the fact that now at noon, I have to make that decision of how fast can I get to a Kohl's to replace my pants and continue on with my day. Uh, thankfully, where that happened was not great camera view as well, mm-hmm. and I won't have to relive, relive that in the uh, blooper reel. Yeah, but I, I have made that drive to that Coles right over there in Antelope, so I know exactly what you're talking about. <laughs> it's it's the it, it was the absolute closest place I could think of that I could get dress pants immediately. Yeah. All right, well, grooms, come on. For for me, I, I don't know the the one that was always kind of embarrassing because I kind of realized it was bad after the fact. Um, was when, uh, it was right, it was, I think it was the lead up to, uh, winter break, uh, I was doing, um, special day class, uh, science, and I was thinking, okay, the students are kind of out of it, it's the last week leading up to the, the holiday, you know, what, what can we do that's gonna hold them, and, uh, we came up with the idea to have, uh, their own catapults, and they were gonna have to launch snowballs, um, into targets, I think that's what we came up with, so I, I you know, the goal was, you know, they only use certain pieces and they can only use so many clips and rubber bands and um then they need to make a catapult so you know we get the catapults all ready and we're testing them out and say okay now it's time to have the the game and i tell the principal you're welcome to come in and and see this if you'd like uh we're going to be doing these catapults so he comes walking over and he's looking and i'm I'm setting the cups up and the students are shooting off the snowballs and they're all oh i got it and he stopped and looked, and I had the cups arranged in a kind of a triangle pattern, and it looked very much <laughs> like uh, beer pong. And uh, it was one of those things where he looked over at me and said, teach our kids how to play beer pong? Kind of just like stopped, looked, and my eyes went big, and I remember looking over thinking, yes, uh, I'm getting them college ready. We're going to be ready. <laughs> well, well, what's an actual better life skill, right? Let's be honest. I mean, it, you know, it's something that they, they, the science was backing it up. Uh, I mean, we were doing some math with it, too. So it was a good Yeah. <laughs> so so I, one last story, and then I know I know we got to go. DJ's got a, another meeting because he's super important, unlike us, Groom Z. Um, <laughs> I'm going to bed after this. It's two hours uh, later than you guys. Dude, it's only it's 10.08 your time. Are 10.08. You, are you like 90? Like, come on, dude. Yes, no, I'm 90. No, yeah, I, face. yeah, it's baby face. You look great for 90. Yeah, I'll, you do. I'll, I'll say that. Yeah. So, <laughs> so the time where you thought you could pull a prank on me that was pretty epic, and then I have pictures of it. I'll find so, it. So, so, <laughs> so do I. But, but how many people do you tell the long play where I waited months <laughs> to to use your prank? To do even even a better prank, so I did, you didn't do a better oh, prank. It was so much. So DJ, no, it wasn't. I, I I I will suffice the story by just saying that this story was first told to me as a warning to not do a prank on Joe that I was planning on doing for fear of retribution of what would happen yeah. because of what happened to Groove. Yeah. <laughs> so so I was leaving, right? Was I leaving? Did, did I announce I was leaving at that time, or did you just do it? I forget why. It doesn't matter. No, we did that. We did that your first year. No, you were still around for another year after. Yeah. Yeah. This was this was before me. Yeah. So so they they posted noted my entire car, which was a great. It was a really great prank. I mean, though inappropriate use of taxpayer dollars. Um, <laughs> no, I bought all of those on my own expense. I, I don't believe that. All of them. Second. Whatever. I don't believe you it. guys yeah. don't have neon 
They yeah. did not have neon in yeah. the supply closet. Yeah. Those so, are mine. So, <laughs> so I take them all down, and and people are like, "Oh, do you want help? You can, you know, here's a trash can." I'm like, "No, no, no, we're not, we're not throwing these away." So I kept them, and for like it was months, and then um, I ran them through a shredder, and used it to confetti Robert's room, but not just his room, his drawers and his like everything. Um, and, and it definitely took you much longer to clean up your room than it took me to de de declutter my car for sure. But see jokes on you. I didn't clean my classroom, so it was fine. It was just a little bit. uh... Yeah, I, I know I was in your classroom. I know for those, for those of you with the, the video of this though, I mean, come on the presentation on the car. It was wonderful. It was, I mean, that's the thing. It's not so much about the prank. It's about the presentation. No, it it was, that was a very good prank. (laughs) I will say a little warning for anyone like pranks are great. I I think you need to do those. Right. Um, So for my birthday this year at my work, they they covered the floor, my desk, my I have a conference table in my office with Dixie cups full of water, which is which is funny, right? Except for they bought cheap Dixie cups and they all over the weekend got soggy. Water went everywhere, ruined my desk, the floor, my like my desk is warped. And I was like, if you're going to do a prank, do your research, right? Do it right. So. What, what I've what I've done because I think pranks are great. I think it's it's really good for camaraderie. Yeah, and, uh, and it's good to, to be able to take one as long as you can give one. But uh, so being a vice principal, I I have a hard time pranking a lot of teachers because I know that they constantly have kids coming in, and I I have to be really careful with the way that I prank them. However, uh, our counselor, who I can guarantee will never listen to this um she is wonderful to prank because she's pretty oblivious to some things i may have done uh, some pranks there yeah yeah uh, a couple that i did this year which i were really i was very proud of was uh, uh taking every single piece of paper or anything that was on her wall and turning it uh 45 or 90 degrees the first time not seeing any change in her behavior at all and then halfway through the day, changing it another 90 degrees so it was upside down. And it wasn't until a kid noticed in her office that it wasn't the right time on the clock that she finally noticed something. Uh, the other one was uh, hiding a Bluetooth uh, speaker in her bookcase and playing random songs throughout the year. This one was a long play. Nice. Uh, we, we separated our... Uh, school in our school colors are orange and blue and so we took different team colors and she was on team uh, orange and I was on team blue and to show uh, you know just school spirit and Mm -hmm. how important the blue team was um, I may have played Eiffel 65's I'm blue da ba dee da ba da the most (laughs) annoying song in the world on that wireless speaker about 60 times without her finding that's amazing that that's 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 phenomenal um all right so first of all thank you guys for connecting groomsy uh we miss having you in california um i will say that both you and dj are some amazing educators that are doing good work every day um how can people find you dj first uh on the twitter sphere if you're out there on the interwebs i am um you can find me on twitter uh it's pretty simple just uh, Mr. Latcham, L-A-T-C-H-A-M, and uh, you can find me on Instagram and Facebook as well. 
Mm-hmm. And, and throw a shout out to your other account that I know you you post uh, your your hiking to. Oh yeah, uh, my Instagram is uh, I think it's Dog Dad's Hike. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that that's it. Yeah, yep. Dog's Dad Hike. And uh, yeah, post a lot of videos and pictures there of different adventures around Northern California with me and my dogs. And mm-hmm. uh, it's mostly pictures of my dogs because that's what people want to see. True story. What about you, Grooms? <laughs> Are you on the interwebs? I'm on Instagram, Groomsy37. Uh, search me, find me. Yeah. Uh, I'm on Facebook technically, but I don't use it. Yeah. I re- I'm I'm just waiting to press that delete button. That's fine. So. Um, well, you guys have a great evening, and thanks so much for for taking a little bit of time. And and uh, Groomsy, I hope your significant other tucks you in nice tonight. Thank you. Thank you again for tuning into the podcast at Clark's Room. I do appreciate you spending a few minutes of your day with me. If you like what you hear, don't forget to share, subscribe, and like through your favorite podcast provider. 